You're listening to the New City Church Podcast. These episodes are recorded live on Gadigal land. Sometimes the audio quality might not be perfect because what you're listening to is a conversation. We don't edit out the chatter. We think that's what makes it authentic. Wherever you're tuning in from, we hope you find this episode encouraging. I'm just going to do a little bit of riffing today. Um, uh, I can't, it's funny that you mentioned that he is risen, he is risen indeed thing, because, uh, yeah, usually someone will get up and say he is risen and the congregation will say he's risen indeed. Um, there's something really beautiful about this. Uh, there's also, I think, potentially a sense of like toxic positivity that can go around this as well um, to say essentially like everything's okay because Jesus rose from the dead in a way that kind of blankets over the hard things like it's all good we'll just forget everything that happened he's risen we're all good um, and I think that I'm just speaking from my own tradition um, of like it can be a little bit about whatever's happening in the world, in our lives. Um, it's all okay because Jesus rose from the dead. Don't worry about it. And I've kind of seen that in different spaces be used a little bit weirdly and uncomfortably in the way that we don't really acknowledge the stuff that's happening that's hard and sit with that. Um, and I think that's really... Uh, so I'm not just, just going to focus on the resurrection. I'm going to focus on the whole of this picture today because for me that's uh, sort of where I've landed So I've been reflecting a little bit more and that actually maybe a more helpful way to say it would be uh, sometimes things really are not okay, but God is there and God is sowing life because Jesus. Um, Many will know that the past few years for me have been a season where my faith has really like changed. I've gone in all sorts of places. I've talked about just like being out in the wilderness and being like, what the heck? Uh, Where am I? Um, So, yeah, so I'm just going to riff a little bit. Um, They might not be well-formed thoughts. um, But one thing that's been really significant in my reflection uh, and that I've shifted a lot, particularly around Easter, is since experiencing a range of unexpected death and grief in my life, uh, something I didn't expect to have experienced so much at the age of 33. Um, So I wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up Uh, I'm not going to be like, he is risen, he's risen indeed. Uh, There might be some hard things in here. So I just want to reiterate, move around this space as you need to. Um, I also really wanted to give an explicit acknowledgement that I am going to talk about death tonight. Um, I think we learn a lot about life from death. Um, And I think it's thoroughly appropriate because it seems to be central to the story of God. Uh, I wanted to give particularly this community and people here tonight a heads up that I'm going to be talking about our friend Paolo, who some of you know. Um, And I have my own meaning making that comes from that. I just want to say the way that I've made sense of this doesn't have to be the way that you make sense of this, and we can all kind of come at it differently. Um, But I'm going to be talking about some of how I've made sense of that. And so I also wanted to say I will talk very briefly in reference to suicide um, because that's how our friend Paolo died. Um, So please feel what you need to feel. I hope that I can hold this space for us all um, and do that gently. Um, But, yeah, if you need to go, if you need to cry, if you need to come and talk to me afterwards, if whatever you need, please do that, um, however this connects with you. Um, And so with all of that in mind, I'm just going to pray for those things for us. 
Um, God, as we come to this story of beautiful life and resurrection, um, we hold space for the darkness and the death and the pain that came before it as well as we make meaning out of Easter afresh today. God, I really pray for um, our connections with the complexities of life and how each of us come to this space to reflect on this today. And so just pray for gentleness, for your comfort with us, for safety as we journey through some of these hard topics. Uh, I pray for your nourishment and your life to be with us. I pray for your liberation and your healing to be with us. Um, so God, I just I pray that you would hold this space for us as we chat tonight. Amen. Um, so where we've come from is uh, the Passover, which is very appropriate that we did that on Friday night, uh, Jesus' last meal. Um, the last, last week, we talked about how Jesus was betrayed by his friends, by both Judas and Simon Peter. Um, Good Friday, we remember Jesus is condemned for crimes he did not commit. He's scapegoated by the collusion of power. He's dehumanized in all manner of ways and led to a cross and killed. And today, three days later, we remember the moment, as we did in this passage, his female disciples discovered Jesus at the tomb and proclaimed his resurrection to the rest of the followers. Uh, and from there, the story of the gospel unfolds into the world. Um, in my background, I have inherited uh, a version of Christianity that has uh, been uh, in partnership with white colonial thinking. Uh, so it's, very, it's a central tenet of white colonial thinking to have binaries and to want to control things and have authority over things. So I want to name some things that were very binary in my faith. Saved, unsaved, in, out, good, bad, black, white, normal, other, male, female, life, death, heaven, hell. And I grew up being taught that believing in the resurrection in a very simplistic way, I'm simplifying this, uh, gave me a secure ticket into a future place of perfection, uh, described to me as heaven. And part of the belief was everything is okay because even if everything is not okay, everything is still okay because we have this reward waiting for us in future. So don't worry about it. Jesus wins this for us in the resurrection. And this framework worked for a while for me until I realized actually everything's not okay. And the binaries are not as secure as I thought. Everything was not okay when I realized I was queer and I couldn't do anything to change it. And my church could no longer tell me that everything was okay because all of a sudden my queerness undermined my faith and I didn't have the ticket anymore. And all of a sudden I was out. But it couldn't be that black and white, right? And then a few years later, I was sitting in an Indigenous theology class with people who have decentered humans and see themselves thoroughly connected to and integrated with the rest of the planet, connected to country, which is land, sky, waters, animals, plants, all peoples and all living things. And they confessed John 3.16, for God so loved the cosmos, the heavens and the earth, 
the land, sky, waters, animals, plants, all peoples and all living things that he gave his son in order that the whole world might be saved through him. I'd only ever related this verse to the people who were in and who had the ticket. God died for them. Uh, But this blessing was bigger than I had ever been led to know. And in John 1.29, at the start of the gospel that we've been exploring over the last few weeks, John the Baptist sees Jesus and proclaims, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the cosmos. And I noticed sin is singular and cosmos is singular. So is salvation singular? Is the whole of the sin and the whole of the cosmos involved in Jesus' saving power? And time went on. The boundaries were slowly unraveling within my own life and being embracing my own queer identity and the binaries of my faith were slowly being chipped away as well. And there was one theologian who completely disrupted Easter for me. Thank you. His name is Hans Urs von Balthasar. Anyone heard of him? Right? He does sound great. Um, So he was born in 1905 and died in 1988, the year I was born. He was a Swiss theologian and a Catholic priest. Hans Urs von Balthasar. What a guy. And Hans spends a bunch of time reflecting and writing theologically on where does God go in the time between Good Friday and Easter Sunday? In the time since the light went out on Friday, where has God been all that time? Because I know I hung out with my family, I went to a Passover meal, I wrote this sermon, I went out dancing. It's a lot of time for God just to be nowhere. So where does God go? Where is God during these three days of darkness? And his reflections confronted my ideas and beliefs in a doctrine of hell. Because Hans reflects on the fact that in between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, God seems to go to the place where we think God is not. The main definition of hell is a place absent from God. It's a place of separation from God. Those who choose not to be in the presence of God, hell is the place they go to. However, in our creeds, we confess as Christians that Jesus descends into the dead. Jesus descends into hell. And so the question is, does God in Jesus go to the place where we think God cannot be? Does God in Jesus go to the place where God should not be? And Hans writes about how it looks like Jesus goes to the place of rejection and isolation and darkness and separation and loneliness and death and hell. And reflecting on this kind of rocked my world. And the foundations were slipping. I had a lot of questions. Hans really did a number on me. Thanks, Hans. However, In the middle of all this theological deconstructing and ideas and questions running through my brain, something else happened in my life that rocked me even further. I got a phone call one evening while I was on a holiday from a friend telling me that our beautiful friend Paolo had died by suicide. For me, my heart just ached in that moment. 
that he felt like life was so hard and that he could no longer live it anymore, that he felt so alone and in pain that death seemed easier or better. And all of a sudden, all of this theological pondering and deconstruction questions about what happens after death, where is God in death, how does salvation work, who goes where, At that time of processing, our beautiful friend's passing, I had to ground myself somewhere. I had to know, and in fact, I did know, without even a hint of questioning, that in all that he had experienced, Paolo was never alone. He was never rejected like he was made to feel. He was never too far gone. He was never out, though he was out because God was with him there. And it wasn't that everything was okay. Everything was not okay. And God was there. Everything was not okay. And God was somehow sowing life. And even in his loss of life in the way that we know it, God was there to catch him as he fell. And I had this unshakable knowledge that in his pain, And then in his death, he landed in the uninhibited presence of our God who is peace and life and liberation. Because on the cross, Jesus shows us that God is present. And in his rising, Jesus shows us that God's bountiful freedom from oppression was waiting for him in his death. Sometimes everything really is not okay, but God is there. And God somehow is sowing life and liberation through Jesus. There was so much I didn't know and so much I couldn't explain. But what I did know was that in the Easter story, we see there is something to learn about the universal, eternal, consistent, cosmic nature of God that is revealed in real time, in a real place, in our physical realities, in Jesus. Something about this cosmic, consistent nature of God who lives outside of time and place, the God who surpasses time and yet is in all time and encompasses all time, the I am who created the world, who is there at the beginning and will be there at the end. Something about this God was revealed in a real time, in a real place, in a real person, in Jesus at Easter. And I think what is revealed at Easter is that the binary between death and life and the binary between living and dying and living and the binary between in and out and the binary between heaven and hell and the binary between God being with some and not others, the binary between God's love and grace and God's separation and rejection might not exist. Somehow God is present in it all. Jesus goes to death and to hell. God is present in death and in hell. God goes to all of those places. God is present in it all and God is there as the God of life. And God brings freedom and liberation into the very darkest places. God brings life into death. God brings love into pain. And God went there so we would know that pain and reduction of life and oppression and disconnection and loneliness and being too far gone, even to the point of death, is actually not all there is. 
God went there so we know, I want to bring you out of that. God went there so we know even if you don't see it or you feel it or even if you don't know it, there's something beautiful here and there's more. God went there so we know I will be present with you no matter what you've done and how far gone you feel. God went there so we know liberation, freedom and rising out of death is ours, is yours. God went there so we know John 1, 4 to 5, in him was life and that life was the light of humanity. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And God went there so we would know Romans 8, 38 to 39, for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, friends, in reflecting on this, I think whatever we are experiencing, even in the places where we think God is not, God is there. God is in the rejection, the betrayal, the isolation, the pain, the discrimination, the loss, the crying out, the dehumanization, all the places where life is reduced or lost. Our God loves us so much, loves me so much, loves you so much, loves our beautiful friend Paolo so much, loves that person who might be on your mind right now so much. The one thing I see in Easter is a consistent presence of the God of life and love and liberation in all places. It's an acknowledgement that everything is really not okay and God cares about being there and making something different out of that situation. God will be present in all through Jesus to bring us beautiful, bountiful, abundant, peaceful life somehow. And there's a lot going on in our world, in our own worlds right now, and it doesn't take much to really see that some of us are really feeling that not everything is okay. There are so many cycles of life and death and life that we're living through. And I see so many of us in this room and in this community trying to make sense of harmful patterns or losses we've experienced or grief or conflict, you name it. And we're attempting to find healing and life on the other side of it. And it gives me great present in, great comfort in this present moment that Jesus lived through so much of what we've lived through and continue to live through. God was consistently present in suffering, to alienation, to mocking, to betrayal by loved ones, to physical harm, to abuse, to violence, to the feeling of, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? To the discrimination and oppression of a government against his life, to the utter reduction of self and to death. God lived through that and God pushed through that and said, there is more and I give it to you, and I will go to all the places so you know anywhere I am there and I will be life. I will come out of the grave to say this is not the end. It's not the end for me, which means it's not the end for you. And whether you know it or not, whether you see it or feel it, everything might not be okay, but I'm here and I'm sowing life and I will carry this. And so as a way of letting some of this sink in and reflect 
I wanted to turn to the communion table, uh, a meal in the tradition of Passover, which Jesus shares with his disciples and he builds on the meaning of it and says that in the sharing of bread and wine, we acknowledge that Jesus' life has been broken and shed and poured out and shared for us. We get to share wherever we are, whatever's happening for us, in God's consistent presence of life and love. And we share in the freedom of God for the whole cosmos, liberation. Jesus reveals that God will be consistently with us, that God loves us so much, that God will do anything to be with us and share God's universal, all-encompassing essence of love and love with us. And this truth surpasses any binary or any boundary we create. And friends, we actually get to be disciples and sharers of this beautiful news with others too. What a gift for the cosmos. Sometimes everything is not okay. But God is here, God is there, God is sowing life, God is present because Jesus, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed.